RNZ National. Time for Critter of the Week. Nicola Tuki is the CEO of Forest and Bird. She joins me now. Hi, Nicola. Ahi, ahi, Marie. How are you? I'm oh, pretty good, thank you. Pretty good. Um, what's new in your world? Well, winter has hit down yeah. here into Waipo <laughs> And it's, up here. Man, oh, man. I forgot about frosts, so I keep being late for things because I have to sit in my car and wait for the window to de-ice. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it must get real cold where you are in North Canterbury. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, it gets very, very cold, and I get quite um, anxious. Um, me and Chris get quite anxious about our plants, you know, because some, like some of the plants that we have in the garden are meant to be here, and they're quite happy and hardy. But you know, some of the plants that we really love can't handle frost. So, for example, um, Kalakala, which we love, yeah. which you can definitely find in North Canterbury, just does not cope well with frost. So, you know, we're out there basically giving it a cuddle and putting blankets <laughs> around. <laughs> Do you use it, or you just like having it round? Like having it round. Um, it's very nice uh, in a cup of like for a tea. I quite like it in a, um, hot yeah. water. Takes a bit of preparation. Yep. Actually, um, I interviewed a guy about how to make the best cup of kawakawa tea. If anyone's got any uh, available to them, they've been wondering how to do it. I look it up on the website because there are a couple of things that you can do to to make your tea experience a little better. I am going to look that up because literally, well, I just bung it in some boiling water and drink it. So yeah, I mean, it's always nice. A bit too basic. But but yeah. but you, you know, you can find yourself just boiling the heck out of it for hours and hours and hours and wondering if it actually tastes of anything. So there are a couple of yeah. things that, <laughs> little tricks along the way. That, that yeah. Was my, uh... That was my nana's approach to vegetables, by the way. That was just <laughs> yeah. boil it until it has no colour and then, then it's ready, which, you know, as a kid is not, not particularly appetising. Uh, the other thing that I've been up to this week is I've been uh, in in my other home office in Wellington and uh, and ended up in a, you know, the usual miasma of meetings, but... but um, had a meeting with the Prime Minister. So myself and some of the other uh, environmental NGO CEs meet regularly um, and we were just talking to, to him about a range of issues cool. and um, and particularly around things like um, tairawhiti and um, the impact of the climate change um, situation there and how, you know, using nature and the resilience that nature provides can actually be a really um, important way of protecting those communities. So that was, that was pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah, but I, he's had a bit of a busy week, so didn't like to take up too much time. <laughs> um, now, a rarity for Critter of the Week this week, you've got something, I was going to say herbivorous. Does that work? Mm, not really. No. No, because it's really. carnivorous, actually. It, it is carnivorous. You've got a plant, it, it fact, let me put it that way. It is, in fact, the, the, opposite. It is in fact the antithesis of herbivorous. <laughs> uh, there's a rap in that. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know about you, but I love carnivorous plants. Um, and in fact, I my little boy uh, got me a Venus flytrap for Mother's Day. So <laughs> yeah, he I knows know, you well. Uh, he does, I know, and it was gorgeous. I got uh, other mothers may, may well have been getting um, boxes of chocolates <laughs> yeah. or bottles of wine, but I got a Venus flytrap, and and it's up on the windowsill, and I absolutely love it. So. Um, New Zealand doesn't have Venus flytraps, but it does have um, 10 species of native carnivorous plants belonging to two different genera. Um, and one of those genera or, or genus is Utriculeria. Uh, and so the southern bladderwort, what a great name, a bladderwort, uh, is Utriculeria. <laughs> two, two of the least glamorous parts of the human body combined into one. 
bladderwort, yeah. <laughs> um, we're talking about the, the southern bladderwort. So this is a carnivorous plant that lives um, fully submerged in peat bogs, which is a type of wetland that we have here in New Zealand. And, and what is amazing about bladderworts uh, is the way that they catch their prey. So... Um, this particular one, so a bladder, bladderwort, so hang on, I'll go back. Utricularia means small bladder, right? And bladderworts have these little uh, little bladders attached to the plant. Um, and it comes from the Latin word utriculus, which has all kinds of related meanings, but most commonly means things like wine flask or a leather bottle oh, or yeah. even bagpipes. Okay. So that is to give you an idea of what a bladderwort does or mm. has. Um, and it is quite incredible because they use these utricles or these little bladders um, to trap prey. And so the first thing that happens is the plant um, sucks water out of the bladder, which creates an environment inside the bladder of negative pressure. And then the bladder has a little trapdoor on it covered in tiny little trigger hairs, right? So like a Venus flytrap has trigger hairs mm. inside it. Um, and then when the prey species, like a little zooplankton type thing, brushes against the hairs, this triggers the trap and then the prey and the water gets sucked into the bladder and then the trapdoor shuts again. Gosh, so that's it's exciting. basically like a little vacuum, like a, and then a slam. Um, and that whole process takes 10 to 15 milliseconds. <laughs> not, you know, not even the blink of an eye. Um, you know, most critters that we talk about, you can kind of put put them into some understanding. You know, if it's a bird, it's a type of bird. Or if it's an insect, you, you know, you've seen insects before. But this it seems so different to anything we've ever discussed you know, like who knew this was happening in nature? Who knew indeed? Um, and interestingly, I actually was interviewed about something earlier this week and someone, one of the um, questions was, you know, why should people, do you think, why do you think people aren't interested in the little things? Why do they only, you know, why are they only talking about kiwi, etc.? And I had to kind of make the case that that's why we have critter. Um, mm. Because actually, the minute we start talking about it, people get interested. There'll be people emailing us right now saying, "I've seen a bladder what? Um So, but maybe not so much because they're now on the nationally critical list. And part of the reason for this is that they're an indicator of aquatic ecosystem health. Right? They're there to tell us that actually the water in these peat bogs is um, is good. So that because it can only grow in waters that aren't overloaded with nutrients and sediment. And we've seen it disappear from its previous range and we're quite concerned about that because what that's telling us is canary and the coal mine stuff which is actually um these wetlands are either um have either have declined so mm. we know we've lost more than 90 percent of all our wetlands uh in the last hundred or so years but also also the ones that remain are in trouble because the sediments and nutrients that get poured into them mean that bladderworts can't exist which means actually that's probably not going to be very good for um our lives or, uh, as well so um it lives in peat lakes peaty pools and little slow moving streams draining peat bogs interestingly um forest and nerd has done a bit of research about um the importance of re-wetting pe peatlands because often we drain wetlands and turn them into paddocks but if you re-wet peatlands um, the carbon sequestration is more than the carbon sequestration ability of a tropical forest. So we could actually oh. be doing ourselves some major climate and carbon favours here by protecting peatlands, and the bladderwort would thank us for it. In praise uh, of peat, eh? In praise of peat. 
which is quite funny because I have a Pete that works for me. He'll think I'm talking about him. Yeah, I was going to say, um, Pete Bogg sounds like the original drummer for the Beatles. <laughs> Something like that. So when the, um, back to the whole trap door and the, the negative pressure and the thing mm. getting sucked in, um, then what happens is enzymes are secreted within that bladder, which then break the prey animal down to make the nutrients available to the plant. <laughs> I, hope uh, I, I hope I never get broken down for nutrients. It doesn't sound like very much fun at all for the plankton. Not at all. And um, it reminds me of um, that terrible um, episode of Breaking Bad where I think they had a they broke down a body in a bath full of <laughs> acid or something. I can't remember. Anyway, I was, this is my problem with TV shows is I get really interested in the story, but if it's the least bit scary, that's it. TV goes off and I can never watch it again. <laughs> um, anyway, it's not like Breaking Bad. It is a very important biological process, which using enzymes um, – and we, yeah, we're, we're kind of interested in this particular species. So um, the the genus, obviously, we talked about that is Utricularia. The species is Australis, which means southern. And um, it was first collected from samples in Australia, actually, in 1810. But we are worried about it because it is actually, it's found in other countries as well. We're worried about it um, here in New Zealand. It's known only from the North Island, um, and that includes um, from Tapaki down to Lake Taupo and near Paikakariki. So um, we want to know more about it. I imagine if you are a wetland lover and, and who you like isn't? And who isn't? And you also use iNaturalist. I imagine that that would be a helpful thing to do because they flower, not very often, but they flower between um, uh, December and up to April. And they have beautiful kind of yellowy orange flowers that look a bit like um, a snapdragon type flower in my mind. The, um, the flowers are above the bog, right? Yes. Um, and then all and, the action happens beneath the bog. Uh, yes, because the um, the bladders are eating um, things like water fleas and little zooplanktons um, that you find, um, you know, tiny little uh, invertebrate larvae type things that are scooching around um, or scooting around in these peat bogs and peat lakes and peat ponds. Um, so it lives... Um, fully submerged under the water, but it's free floating. So it's not attached to the sediments at the bottom of the water body. It just kind of hangs out and just sort of floats around, which I quite like. I like its life approach there. Mm. And um, you may find it in sedges, um, which give it a bit more of sort of complex habitat for it to be able to do its amazing um, thing. I think they're amazing. Uh, but again, I love me a carnivorous plant. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I think my uncle um, had one when he and my dad um, and his brothers were kids. And my dad tells me that he fed it so many flies and eventually bits of Belgium, which I'm not sure if that's true or not. He reckoned it grew so big he had to stop feeding it because he was terrified it was going to eat him. <laughs> uh, but I, I suspect he got he conflated that with Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say he was feeding it? What Belgian? Yeah. Oh, you're from the north. Luncheon meat. Oh, luncheon you for a Venus flytrap. Our local plant centre has a sign saying, please do not put your finger in the Venus flytrap. Yeah, because when you do, that's, that's the end of that um, that particular part of the plant, yeah. right? Because it, it does its thing and then breaks down and with the fly inside or fingers. Um, 
So this this particular um, species is also threatened by competition with an introduced bladderwort, which is Utricularia gibba, yeah. uh, and it lives in the same habitat. But it, you know, like any invasive species, it grows more aggressively and and kind of pushes out. Um, it creates a, a sort of housing crisis uh, for our <laughs> beloved bladderwort. Um, so, and it also gets eaten by things like Canada geese and swans. Um, but particularly, would be you know we we uh, it behooves us to look after our wetlands and the the peat wetlands that have been drained around the country um, are, are quite significant. And also, um, it needs, as I said, it needs that really important water quality yeah. that currently it's not getting. Now let's be so, honest Nick, it's not much to look at. How are you going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> I mean how very dare you. I'm going to give it... Like a 1.5 uh, maybe? Pic- mm, I was gonna, I'm going to go 2.8 <laughs> I think the, the picture that shows the, the sort of shoots and the little bladders on it um, is enough to fascinate me. Okay. okay. Southern Bladderwort, check it out on our website rnz.co.nz slash jessie uh, Nicola ahi ahi have a peaceful afternoon. Oh and same to you and for the weekend. Wallace Chapman's next.